Good morning. Great to see you this morning. We do have, it's already been mentioned, a lot of people who are sick and under the weather, so and some who are still traveling, so uh, do reach out to them and let them know how much we miss them. Uh, word of encouragement can go a long ways, and we've got a lot of ways able to do that today. They didn't have back then with all um, social media and electronics, like cell phones and everything. So anyway, I reach out and encourage them. And like Ben mentioned, this is a uh, friend and family day, and uh, I'm looking in here, all, all friends and family, that's good, so uh need to uh, be friendly, that's for sure, but I had planned to preach a different lesson, uh, I was going to deal with a sermon I put together just called God's Plan to Save Man, and we were going to look at those five steps it takes biblically to become a Christian, uh, but I changed after a couple things last week. And a couple of statements were made about baptism by people, uh, not members of the church, but by people. One of them says, uh, baptism really doesn't matter. Another person, and that's why I gave it the title, baptism's really not that big of a deal. So the title I gave the lesson, baptism, what's the big deal? So we're going to go through some passages to let you know, and I'm going to let the Bible do the talking. We might make some statements of clarification, but we're going to see what the Scripture says and whether the Scripture really points out that baptism's really that big a deal or not. Because if it's not that big a deal, then we shouldn't make it a big deal. But if it is, we need to make sure people know that it's a big deal. Um, now, I want you to know one thing, so let me say this before I go. I'm not saying baptism alone accomplishes anything. But in this lesson, I'm not going to deal with your faith. Uh, I'm not even going to deal where your faith comes from. So I'm not going to deal with the hearing of God's word and the faith that's to be established from that. And I'm not going to deal with the idea that you have to have enough faith that you're willing to confess that with your own mouth. I'm not even going to deal with the subject of repentance. I believe all those, those four things, are essential to become a Christian. If you leave any one of those things out, you are not a Christian, okay? But we're going to deal with what's the big deal about baptism. So go back to the passage that was just read for us moments ago here in Galatians chapter 3, and let's see what Galatians 3 has to say about baptism. If you want, you can get a pen and paper and write this down. Of course, this gets recorded. You can go on to Franklin County Church Christ Facebook account. You also put it online with several other members. Uh, share those all you can because the more we put it out there, the more it gets heard. Um, but here in verse 27, it says, For all of you who were baptized, listen to this, into Christ. What's this verse say about baptism? Baptism is how you get into Christ. It's how you, the numeric standard says, clothe yourself with Christ. The King James says it's how you put on Christ. You put on Christ in baptism. Now, I want to make sure you know something else. There is no other thing taught in the New Testament of how to put on Christ, of how to get into Christ except to be baptized in it. Well, then that could be a big deal, right? That could be a big deal because this verse says, 
you're baptized, it, it doesn't say you believe yourself into Christ. It doesn't say you pray yourself into Christ. We could go with many things. We can go with anything and everything except you were baptized into Christ. So I'm going to try not to take too much time on each and every one of them, but I want us to see a few things. Uh, turn with me over to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew 28. I kind of tried to keep them in order, how they fall in the Bible. I don't mention all of the passages that are here. So Matthew 28, um, verses 18 through 20. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. So he says, And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I command you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Well, I could preach a lot in this, but we want to look at what it says about baptism. Go, therefore, verse 19, and make disciples of all nations. How do you make disciples? Baptizing them. You see how you make disciples? I don't, I'm not going to back up on every one of these. I feel like I could, but I'm not going to back up on every one of these. We get into Christ by baptism. This also says if you're a disciple, that means a follower, a learner. If you're a disciple, which later that word starts being called Christian, so to become a Christian, to become a disciple of Christ, you know what? You have to be baptized. That's what it says. Go over to Mark 16, 15 and 16. Now, I'm going to tell you what, that verse also, since that's how you make disciples is by baptizing. That seems like kind of a big deal to me. <clears throat> but Mark 16, 15 and 16, we read this. And he, that's Jesus, said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who has been baptized and had, excuse me, he who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. Now there's a couple important things here. <coughs> We're going to deal with the baptism part. They're going to preach the gospel. That's the New Testament. They're going to preach that gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, the first importance passage has believed and has been baptized, listen to this, shall, or some translations might read will, that means it hadn't happened yet, so you have to believe and be baptized to be saved, it doesn't say you'll be saved and shall be baptized, so this verse, what's it say about, now I know it says more than baptism, but we're just looking at baptism today, I already told you I'm not saying baptism alone, but this says, if you just take this right here, baptism shall save. You're going to be saved by baptism. Shall be saved, those who are baptized. So belief in baptism, also confession, repentance, but baptism has something to do with being saved. I read it right there. That seems like a big deal. Well, that's really not that big a deal. To Kendall Fox, it's a big deal. I'm telling you, it's huge. Let's look at another one. Go over to Acts 2. We're going to go to a few of them in Acts. And you're going to find more conversions, more baptisms in Acts uh, than any other book of the New Testament. I mean, in Acts 2 alone, we got about 3,000 people. But I want you to see a few things in Acts chapter 2. <clears throat> Verse 37, Peter, before that, Peter's preaching along. 
And in verse 37 says, And when they heard this, what he preached, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the brethren, What shall we do? We killed Jesus. We crucified him. That's his whole point. What shall we do? Well, let's see what he said. Peter said to them, Repent. We don't have time to cover the repentance today. And each of you be baptized. What shall we do? Did he tell them they need to be baptized? Each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. For what reason? For the forgiveness of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, wait a minute. So is baptism that big a deal? Each of you need to be baptized. He's looking at thousands of people there. Can't pick up 10 representatives to be baptized for you. Someone else can't be baptized for you. Each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, that great authority and who he is. But look at the reason for baptism. For the free. What's the purpose of baptism? To forgive your sins. Well, now here's one thing I know. This would lead you to believe that until you're baptized, you still have your sins. Because this says baptism is where you receive the of your sins. That seems like a big deal. And now, I'm just telling you, I'm just looking at passages, and I think it's important. Without me going ahead, I could talk about a lot of things, and we could continue to establish this, but I just want to see what the Bible says about baptisms to figure out whether it's really that big a deal. Well, I could probably stop now and tell you it's a big enough deal. We need to make a big deal out of it, but I'm going to show you how big a deal it is to God that he pounds this even through thick heads like Tim of Foxes. So let's turn on over to Acts chapter 10. <clears throat> now, oh, let's go to Acts 8 first. I almost got ahead of myself. Acts 8, 35. Acts 8, verse 35. <clears throat> and Philip, he's chased this guy down in a chariot. He must have been one athlete. But Philip opened his mouth, and beginning from the scripture, he must preach from the book. And you know what he preached to him? Preached Jesus to him. Okay, so, oh, that's what we need. We need more Jesus preached. Amen to that. But I just wish people knew what that meant. And as they went along the road, they came to some, I think that says water. And the eunuch, who Philip was teaching, said, now listen, Look, water, what prevents me from being baptized? Okay, now wait a minute. This is kind of a big deal to me. So when you preach Jesus, does it appear that you must mention water? He must have mentioned water and baptism. Why would he have said, well, look, here's water. What must I be baptized if preaching Jesus doesn't involve baptism? That would be crazy to think that it would. So he preached Jesus to him, and he said, look, here's water. What prevents me from being baptized? Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe Jesus Christ, Son of God. And he ordered the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip as well as the eunuch, and he was baptized. Now, one reason I brought this one up, there's several things here, but one reason I brought this one up, is because some people want to say, yeah, you need to be baptized, but we're not talking about water baptism. I'm telling you, this text is talking about water baptism. 
It mentioned water three times in that little bit of a text. So look, here's water, what prevents me from being baptized? And they both go down into the water. Now let me at least say this. This is for free, okay? So if it only took sprinkle a little water on his head, what would be the purpose of both of them getting all wet by the time they're done? If it only took pouring a little water on their head, why would they both go down into the water? They both go down into the water, I guess because they were hot. They both went down into the water because, as the scripture would point out, and we'll look at a few of them here, a baptism is to be a metaphor. And it, first of all, let me at least say this, and it's kind of sad in our English dictionary. The word baptized or baptism is not a translation of it's known as a transliteration of the Greek. So it's a word that was made up when they translated the King James Version. The Greek word is baptizo, which means, you can look up the Greek word, which means immerse or submerge. Rantizo means, there's Greek words for pour and there's Greek words for sprinkle and neither one of them are baptism. <clears throat> so, we look at this, this becomes important. So they both went down into the water and he baptized them. Going over to Acts 10, I really like this, almost got to it early. Another one of them water <coughs> verses, but Acts 10. Now this is about a man named Cornelius. If you look at it early in the uh, chapter, he was a devout man, prayed and gave alms to the Jews. But uh, I want you to see something here. Go to verse 33, once Peter's shown up. Listen to this. this. This verse is probably, in my opinion, that's all it is, my opinion, the most important verse in the whole chapter. So I sent to you immediately, and you have been kind enough to come. Now then, we are here present before God, here's why they're there, to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. Now I'm telling you what we can. We're here to hear what the Lord has commanded. Is, are they here to hear what the Lord suggested? Are they here to hear what Peter wants them to we want, We're here assembled together before God to hear what's been commanded by the Lord. So I'm going to figure somewhere in the rest of the text of Acts 10, we're going to find a command given by Peter, wouldn't you think? I would think we would going to receive one of those. So go down to the last two verses, verses 47 and 48. Now you can read from 33 to 47, there's never a command given. No command given, 34 through 47. But 47 says, surely no one can refuse water for these to be baptized to have received the Holy Spirit just as... We did, can he? Surely we can't forbid water for people to be baptized who want to be baptized. And he ordered, what? We got a commandment. And he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And they asked him to stay with them. So let me say something else here. So Peter was sent by God to go to Cornelius to give him the Lord's commands. And when he gets there, he commands him of what he needs to do to become a child of God. And it, I don't know, it's the same word, but in English, ordered sounds even more than commanded, but it's the same. 
that he ordered them. So let me ask you this then. Would it lead us to believe then if Cornelius was ordered to be baptized, then he then had to be baptized too? If it isn't, we got several different messages to be preached, so we don't have a single message. We have a multitude of messages. So baptism is ordered in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Run on over to Acts 16. I don't know about this baptism, but the more I read it, the more it does seem to be a big deal. Acts 16, starting at verse 30. <coughs> After he brought them out, this is a jailer, bringing Paul and Silas out. I don't have time to go through the whole story, but bringing Paul and Silas out, all this happens. And he says, after he brought them out, here's what he said. Sirs, what must I do to feel comfortable? Oh, you got up there. What must I do to be saved? Now that, I'm telling you what, there is not a greater question any human being can ask than that question. So what must I do to be saved? I wonder what they're going to tell him. I'm just wondering what they're going to, well, I've read ahead, so I'm not going to tell you. But, I mean, if you ask many religious people, do you know they'll give you more answers than you can put on that screen? Well, let's see what Paul and Silas' answer is. What must I do to be saved? And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. See, all you got to do is believe in your And they spoke the word of the Lord to him together with all who were in his house. So you need to believe. So let me show you what you need to believe. And let's understand something in belief. What is belief or faith without works? James 2, 14 through 26, it's dead. And he took them, listen, he took them that very hour of the night. We're talking in the middle of the night. We're talking after midnight because verse 25 says it was midnight. So we're after midnight. Did they wait till the third Sunday of the month to have their baptisms? Did they wait two or three days? Did they make an appointment to invite all their family in to watch this? No, let's see. So here's what, that very hour of the night, they washed their wounds and immediately he was baptized with all his household. Does a jailer seem to understand the urgency of needing to be baptized? In the middle of the night? You know, I think about that. I could tell you a bunch of stories, but I think about people who woke me up in the middle of the night to be baptized. Don't wake me up for much anything else. I won't be comfortable. <clears throat> but I'll get up with a smile on my face for that. I've, I remember working at camp. I remember wading out in a cold lake all Alaska Lake Shore a cold lake at 2 o'clock in the morning to baptize a young lady. Uh, but if that's when she understands the urgency, then that's when she should do it, right? You don't have to wait <coughs> for an invitation song at a church service. We don't need to make appointments so we can have a bunch of baptisms on one day so we can keep the baptistry dry and just, you know, put water in it two or three times a year. Where's that? So I want you to see that he wants to know what they're going to have to do to be saved. they got to believe. And somehow, in believing, he understood the urgency of being baptized. 
seems like a big deal. Go to Acts 22. 22 and verse 16. Let's go right to that verse. Here's what he says. When this fellow named Ananias shows up to talk to Saul of Tarsus, and he says, why do you delay? The way I would say that, what are you waiting for? Get up. Pull yourself up out of that chair. Get up and be baptized. That sounds like an order. Get up and be baptized and wash away your sins calling on the name of the Lord. I wish we had time to cover the calling on the name of the Lord is by believing and being baptized. But here's what I want you to see. Get up and be baptized because what's baptism going to do here? Wash away your sins. Now let me say this at least about this. You can back up in Acts 22 and read it. It's obviously Saul of Tarsus believed. He's been sitting praying and not eating for three days. Was his sins removed though? Prayer and belief alone did not forgive his sins. Get up. What are? What is your problem? Get up from there and be baptized and wash your. Seems like a big deal to me. This seems. This is seeming like a real big deal. The more I go, the bigger a deal it seems to be. Let's move on to Romans. This was mentioned. This is one of our next sermons. I wish we had time to back up here. But Romans 6, we'll go right to verses 3 and 4. Because we just want to see what is a big deal about baptism. Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism. This is baptism into death. So that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. Now I'm going to back up to three. Or do you not know that all of us who were baptized into Christ, there's that phrase again like in Galatians 3. We're baptized into Christ, we're baptized into his death. Now the reason that's a big deal, Dennis' whole class was about that. The class works to one of my sermons every Sunday. But I always appreciate his introduction to my lesson. We don't even know what each other think. There's got to be a death before there can be a resurrection of the dead. Now, when I look at the final time when Jesus comes back and the dead in Christ are raised and we're alive to meet him in the air, we're caught up together with him in the clouds. First Thessalonians 4, verse 16. We'll rattle it off some more, but that happens. So I want to, I want to take part in that resurrection. Now, put you in my place and go to heaven. That sound like a deal? You know, first you got to be got to be dead and buried. And you know where that's done? Baptism. And then you're raised to walk in newness of life. Do you have a new life before baptism? This verse says I have a new life. It's a big verse. It's important. And so we look at that. So baptism is big because you're buried and you start a new life. Look at another one that gets ignored a lot. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. I think this verse, I think every brother and sister in Christ needs to have this verse underlined in their Bible, maybe pinned in the corner of the paper when we're talking about baptism. I'm telling you, all kinds of people are confused about this. For by one spirit we're all baptized into one body. 
whether Jew or Greek, whether slave or free, we are all made to drink in one spirit. So he doesn't care what your income is. He doesn't care what your skin color is. He doesn't care what your in, what uh, your educational. He doesn't care about any of those things. It doesn't make any difference what your nationality is. That doesn't make any difference. We're just Christians. But did you see here? We're all baptized into one body. So can a person be baptized according to Scripture and join this religious group and another one be baptized and join this religious group and another one be baptized according to the Bible? No. They're all baptized into one body. If I'd had time when we were in Acts 2, we'd have went to verse 47. Because those people who are baptized are saved. And verse 47 says, Jesus added them to, listen to this, the church. Not a church, the church. So i got to make sure I'm part of that church. I don't have time to preach that sermon. Uh, that becomes so important, one body. Now, while we're on the one body thing and the one baptism thing, turn with me over to Ephesians 4 and verse 5. Now, here's what I want you to see. As people get caught up in all kinds of things, Ephesians 4 and verse 5, it's kind of a tough verse to learn to, to uh, memorize because it's six words long, and three of the words are the same. One Lord, one faith, and one baptism. Are all those true? Now, I'm not even looking at the whole context. So how many baptisms are there? One. Well, there's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Not anymore, there isn't. By the time the book of Ephesians, that's not happening anymore. That's already happened. There's not all these baptisms. There is one baptism. Now, if you just think about the passages we went to so far, is it about being baptized in the name of the Lord? Is it about being baptized into Christ? Is it about being baptized for the forgiveness of your sins? Is it about being baptized and walking a new life? Is it about being baptized and being saved and having your sins? Yeah, that's the baptism. One baptism. Now, the reason I mentioned this passage also, if we had time, we'd back up and look more. Notice in verse 4, he says there's one body. Just real real quick, this is pretty easy. I don't have time to go through this. But Ephesians 1, 22 and 23, he tells us the body and the church are the same. So in Ephesians especially, when you say one body, you could say it's exactly the same as saying one church. And Jesus did say, upon this rock I will build my church. That's Matthew 16. So you look at that. I don't make it up. I just read it. So this seems to be a big deal. Baptized into one body. And there's one baptism. And it's the baptism we've been... And it's got water in it. Acts 8 and Acts 10 obviously mention water. There were water in all of them. You don't always... You know... Let's say someone's baptized, and I put on my Facebook account, this person was baptized into Christ today. Well, I didn't stop and say, this person was baptized in water for Christ today for the forgiveness of their sins, and now they're walking in me. I can't, I'm not going to cover everything. Now, the people I'm going to put it on there that know me and know what I teach are going to know if I tell you they were baptized into Christ, they were baptized according to the Scripture, therefore they were buried in a watery grave of baptism. If they don't, they can ask. I'll be glad to tell you how important that is. Go on over to Colossians 2. Seems like someone was in Colossians 2. <clears throat> Colossians 2, even mentioned this verse, verse 12. 
having been buried with him in baptism. Buried with Christ in baptism. Yeah, you're buried with him. That's what you put him on, remember? Galatians 3.27. You're buried with him in baptism. So just look at these verses, and there's a lot more. I could have rattled off a whole lot of We could have looked at every time baptism is mentioned in the New Testament. But you guys would be getting upset about 4 o'clock this afternoon when I was still preaching the sermon. Because I mean it is overabundantly. What he gave us now is more than we need, right? My mama always told me this. If I told you once, that's enough. Did your mama ever tell you something like that? She also told me if I told you once, I told you a million times. But her point was if I told you, you, you think if God tells you something once, that shouldn't be suffice? So if he repeats it and goes over it and over it, you think he's wanting to stress something? He's wanting to clarify this. He shows us how great and awesome baptism is. You know, if someone says, well, why do people not want to be baptized? I got that. I got the answer. That's spelled devil. The devil doesn't want you in Christ. He wants you to be tormented for eternity just like he's going to be tormented for eternity. So he wants you to blow off and say, what's the big deal? It's not really that important. Those passages says it's huge, and it's important. Two more passages, and it's yours. So turn over to 2 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians, chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. You go home and read the whole context, but he says... Here's what's going to happen, verse 7, when the Lord returns with his mighty angels in flaming fire. That's verse 7. And here's what they're going to be doing. They're going to be dealing out retribution to those, listen, who do not obey, who do not know God and those who do not obey the gospel. Now, in Mark 16, we're to go and preach the gospel unto all the world, and he that believes the gospel and is baptized So when he says, does not obey the gospel, is he talking about being baptized? Indeed, he is. It's one of those things. Well, what's going to happen to him? Verse 9, these, those who aren't baptized, will pay the penalty. I don't make it up. I just read it. Will pay the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory. I'm telling you, being baptized is not just a big deal. It's essential. There's nothing more important that could ever happen on the whole planet than you being, it's way more important than somebody giving birth to a baby. It's way more important than getting married. It's way more important than, let's say you go to work Monday and the boss says, I tell you what, you're such a good employee, I'm doubling your salary and cutting your hours for you. Let me know who your boss is because I might want to work for you. (laughs) But no, you look at that and you go, whoa, that's nothing. Compared to what happens the day you bat, you're baptized in the Lord. Wow. So one last passage. Dennis did mention this in his class. We can mention it time and time and time again. You know, when someone says baptism's not that big a deal, baptism is not that important. Well, I believe 1 Peter 3.21 says that as plain as it can be said, and mentions what I believe is the most important thing that baptism accomplishes. This, all these things point to this. 
Now again, before this, realize he's talking about Noah and the ark and the flood. Okay? Forty days and forty nights it rained. And eight people, eight people out of millions on the planet, eight people were in the ark. You know what happened to every other person on the earth? They all perished. If you weren't in the vessel that God supplied for salvation, you'll perish. Now, I'm going to tell you what, and if I had time, we'd look at this. So you know what God's vessel of salvation is today? The church. That's how come 1 Corinthians 12, 13 is so important. You're baptized into one body, into one church. How many arcs were there? One. Someone didn't have a rowboat beside it that worked. Some rich guy didn't have a yacht that he could weather the storm in. The ark, one ark. So that's when we get to verse 23. Now corresponding to that, corresponding to what? Noah being saved by the one and only way, the ark. Baptism, I do agree with Dennis. Baptism now, would that work today? Is today the 25th? 27th? See, I can't do that. It's November the 27th. That's correct. So here it is, November the 27th. Does that now fit into November 27, 2000? Is this now? Are we now right here? Now is kind of a neat word. Baptism, now, it didn't, Noah in, his, Noah in his house, baptism had nothing to do with it. Did you hear me? Now, it's a figure, it corresponds to this. Corresponding to that, this is what the Bible says. Baptism now saves you. Is that a big deal? That's gigantic. Baptism now saves you. Now, I want you to know something. I'm not talking about taking a bath. Not the removal of the dirt from the flesh. I hope all of you bathe on a regular basis. But we're not talking about a bath here. We are talking about water, but we're not talking about cleaning the outside of you. I do like the way the New American Standard reads here over most translations, because some of the others are kind of backwards. But an appeal to God for a good conscience. Why? Because I know I've sinned in my conscience and conscience is not good. Because I'm sinful. And here we go through the, how, how much will baptism accomplish if there was no resurrection of Jesus? And I can't answer that question. But if I'm going to enjoy the resurrection of Christ, I have to be good enough. You know how I know that? All these passages we looked at, and this one in particular, here's what it says. Baptism now saves you. So let me say this. So most people in this room have already been baptized for the forgiveness of their sins. I'm not going to mention every name. So they've been added to the one and only church of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. <clears throat> their sins have been washed away, and they're in a safe place. That's great. If you're not, and you have any questions about what also comes along with this baptism, but let me make sure you know, if you've not been baptized, you're not saved. Baptism is huge. And for someone to say baptism is not a big deal, I'm thinking either you're totally ignorant about what the Bible says about baptism or you're the biggest liar I've ever heard. That's the only two options you've got. I'm going to trust that they're just ignorant of what the Bible says. Or someone, you know what, people confuse people. You know that? They tell them things that aren't true. Do you know people tell other things to people that aren't true? Now, here's what you got to say today, though, with Kendall. So if you say what I said wasn't true, all we did was go to the passage 
passages. And we saw what the passage said about what happened when you're baptized. I didn't make nothing up. It's plain and simple. It's right there. So let me tell you, we're going to get ready to sing this invitation. What do you want to be baptized in? This is so cool. Oh, yeah, have thine own way. Here, let me tell you something here. If you've not confessed faith in Jesus Christ like the Ethiopian did in Acts chapter 2, if you've not repented like is stated in Acts 2 and verse 38, and you've not, because of faith, done those things like Mark 16, 15, 16, he that believes and is, that conjoins it, baptized shall be saved. You've got to believe it. So it's going to take hearing the Bible. It's going to take believing. It's going to take confessing Jesus, Son of God. It's going to take repentance. But let me make sure you understand something. It demands that one be baptized and have their sins washed away, have a reservation made in heaven, and become a member of the church. If you haven't done that, we sing this song, we want you to become one. And if you are a Christian and you haven't kept that as the priority of your life, fix that today. We'll help you. Please come as we stand.